1: nice buns soft fluffy and ultra low net carbs discover hero bread
0: This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Regan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Regan, LCSWC. This week's episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5 star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now, for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. And this week, I'm bringing you a conversation with someone who lives in my local area that I've wanted to interview for a long time and finally did. And now we've had to wait quite a while for me to release this episode. Unfortunately, I have been very eager to share it with you. And now here it finally is today. You're going to hear me talking with Alicia Barman, LCPC, who is a Baltimore area yoga therapist and psychotherapist. Alicia is a somatic experiencing practitioner who combines somatic experiencing with breath work to build a bridge between subconscious and conscious mind, the implicit and the explicit, allowing trauma energy to emerge and be supported, held and felt in a new way in relationship with a loving witness. Her work emerges from the intersection of science and spirituality as she weaves modern science with ancient practices to create 30-minute daily practices that draw from quantum physics, Vedic philosophy, Chinese medicine, Buddhism, and her deep reverence for trees and fungi. Alicia offers a breathwork class that has been running daily for two years. She also teaches the therapeutic Applications of the Breath to Practitioners, and she provides somatic-based therapy and individualized breathwork sessions to harness the breath for personal and collective liberation. She has a breathwork handbook that will be released later this year, so stay tuned for that. And you can see Alicia's website in the show notes. And I really wanted to talk to her because I know a lot of people have been talking about how beneficial breathwork can be, some people talk about having transcendent experiences using breath work, and I really wasn't sure kind of what that meant like are we talking about the same kind of breathing techniques that we learn in yoga or meditation practices in some disciplines? Are we talking about like mindful breathing or what and Alicia explains and she goes into what breath work is, gives some examples of some types of breathing and how trauma can cause chronic hyperventilating breath patterns and why this is a problem and how in general here in the West, we tend to overbreathe, which I had never even known about before. And she explained why that's a problem and what can be done about it and how breath hunger can represent younger parts of ourselves with unmet needs. Oh yeah, we got into it and I really thought it was a fascinating discussion. So I'm sure that you will find a lot of interesting information in this conversation with my colleague and friend, Alicia Barman. Let's dive in. Before we get into my conversation with Alicia, though, I just wanted to let everybody know who's listening that if you're a therapist, the Trauma Therapist Network Waiting list is now open and registration is going to be opening up in March, but only people on the waiting list are going to get a special offer. And two weeks before registration opens for everyone else, people who are on the waiting list will get that special offer. That will be a savings and early access. So the earlier you get into Trauma Therapist Network, the earlier you can get started attending our meetings, learning with us. Enjoying all of the interesting things we're doing. We've got a new book club that's going to be starting that I'm going to give the details to soon. So, if you're a therapist who works with trauma survivors and you are, whether you know it or not, if you're a therapist, you're working with trauma survivors. So, if you don't have training in trauma, time to get some and then come join us in Trauma Therapist Network. And if you are trained in trauma or you use a trauma focused lens in your work, then come join us in Trauma Therapist Network. We would love to have you. The conversations we have are really their next level. To join the waiting list, go to the link in the show notes, which is join. Can't wait to see you in our meetings. And as always, thank you for listening to Therapy Chat. This week's episode is sponsored by Kelly Miranda of Me. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and today I'm so pleased to be speaking with Alicia Barman. Alicia, thank you so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today.
1: Thank you for having me, Laura.
0: It's my pleasure, and I have been wanting to talk with you and learn more about you, and you are in my local area, and the way you practice seems so interesting to me, so I know our listeners are going to really love hearing more about it. But let's start off with you just telling our audience a little more about who you are and what you do, please.
1: Sure. Yeah, I have a private practice in Frederick, Maryland. I also work virtually as a licensed clinical professional counselor with somatic orientations, body inclusive. I'm a somatic experiencing practitioner as well and yoga therapist. And I guide a daily breathwork practice and offer a breathwork apprenticeship for folks that are wanting to to learn how to apply the breath therapeutically.
0: Okay, so let's just start right there. When you say you lead a daily breath work practice, what does that mean?
1: Well, every day on Zoom, 7.30 a.m. for half an hour Eastern Standard Time, we gather, sangha people, and I guide us through a practice. There's something really potent about gathering in community to breathe. No, even though we're not physically together, we are together through the metaverse, through the ether and practicing the same breaths together, creating a field, being a pranic field has power and potential and, and daily practice is, is critical for breath work, for harnessing the power of the breath because it's a relationship. It's a relationship to energy in ourselves and controlling, and I don't really like the word controlling, actually. It's more, it's more, it is, it's a relationship with this energy that we learn how to harness, channel, and express so that we can shift our nervous system. We can shift our nervous system in 90 seconds with the breath.
0: Yeah. And when you talk about that, I mean, even that idea being in relationship to the breath is interesting it's different because you know i know that for myself taking deep breaths different yoga breathing techniques can be very soothing and calming to my nervous system but i've heard about doing like daily chanting daily you know meditation i've i've done meditation by following my breath but i've never thought of doing daily breath work. So I would love for you to even talk a little bit more about really what breath work is.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, everybody has a different expression of it. But for me, breath work is relating to the breath as an accelerator, a brake, a stabilizer, and even a compass. So we can bring the system up, we can stabilize it, we can bring it down through different kinds of breaths. And so that's the practice in the morning is to take us through an arc of energy. We go, we start out gentle movement and just kind of connecting to the breath that's here. We bring in a coffee breath that energizes the system and brings the system up. And then we drop into a whiskey breath or a water breath. Water breaths are stabilizing, balancing breaths, and whiskey breaths bring the nervous system down. So we just, we we play. We play with the breath. We breathe 22,000 times a day and a half an hour of breathing in relationship to each breath is only 300 breaths, but it is profound to just even have that experience with our own breath, 300 conscious breaths, where we are choosing how we're moving that energy, that prana, that life force, that chi through our system. It's powerful. It's powerful to feel that we can impact ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And, you know, again, like relationship with the breath is just something we don't think about because even though one might use breathing techniques when needed, I try to check in with my breath. I try to notice how deeply or sh- or how shallow my breath is in a given day. But at the same time, breathing is something we take for granted because it's so automatic. So to develop a relationship with it makes it seem as if it's almost a separate thing from you know the body in a way and making a relationship with the body i guess that would have been a weird concept to me in the past too but i'm i'm fully on board with that so this is just another layer of that it's beautiful
1: yeah yes i'm i i really believe that healing is relational and the more in relationship we become to ourselves and each other the more capacity we have to heal and the breath creates the space and the power to liberate ourselves, the capacity, space. Capacity, I like to think, is space and power. And it gives us that, that capacity to for liberation, to, to free ourselves from the conditioning and the patterns that have come down through the generations and that show up even in the breath. I inherited hyperventilating patterns from both my parents and, and in my own trauma expression is hyperventilating, like most trauma is. It's a faster rhythm of breath. It's higher in the body. And I had to learn to change this disordered pattern of breath. And and, in so doing, came into deeper relationship with my true nature.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's just, you know, as I sit with you, and I can see you, and our listeners won't be able to, but your presence, and I've felt this from the first time we talked, is very calm and peaceful. And to imagine that hyperventilating was kind of your way of, of course, only maybe in in trauma reactions, but it's a big contrast. So to see, because you seem so settled and centered.
1: Yeah. Once we tune into it, it's it's easier to see. And there's some signifiers of it, like frequent yawning or sighing or Mouth breathing, but you know it I, I don't I imagine I didn't look like I was hyperventilating all the time, but my breath rhythm was faster. I was breathing more than I needed to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and that, okay. that is kind of my biggest takeaway from this journey with the breath is that we as a culture tend to overbreathe, just like we tend to overeat and be malnourished. We overbreathe and we're actually not oxygenated. And in slowing the breath down, not just slowing it down, but reducing the volume of breath, that is how we become more oxygenated because we actually do need carbon dioxide in our system in order to court the oxygen to the tissues. Without carbon dioxide, we are not oxygenated. It's the prime mover of oxygen. So I, you know, I just didn't know that. For me, I thought, I thought that it was about getting as much oxygen as I could get into my body. But ironically, that just perpetuated the hyperventilating patterns I had. And this was early in my yoga career, in my 20s, where I was, you know, in order to to calm down, I'd be taking bigger breaths. But the irony is that actually I needed to be taking smaller breaths and slower breaths. And to cultivate the capacity for the discomfort that comes with an increasing of carbon dioxide in the system, carbon dioxide sets off these chemoreceptors that say, breathe, breathe. So underneath that is all this stress of suffocation. We feel breathless, right? It's, it is a primal experience to need air. Yeah. Get any more primal. So through this practice, I've, I've had a reckoning with the parts of me that are starving. The younger parts that are hungry for love, the younger parts that didn't get, and the literal physiological experience of being breathless and cultivating gently, so exquisitely gently, because because we are meeting parts of ourselves that are young and and desperate, to grow my capacity to be for breath hunger, for carbon dioxide, so that I can actually slow down. We can't slow down if we have an aversion to that discomfort, if we immediately, the signal comes in, breathe, and we just we launch into these hyperventilating patterns. So it's really interesting, the, the chemistry of breathing. My mind has sort of been blown open by it. And I had to unlearn all the stuff I learned in westernized yoga.
0: Wow. Oh, no. I'm starting to think, oh, no. <laughs> Maybe I got it all
1: wrong. I know. Well that's I mean that's where I I I really had to have a reckoning and just, wow, wow, I've got I've got some deep unlearning to do to really slow
0: my breath down. So interesting. I mean, you've got my mind really firing with a lot of ideas, but one of the things I'm thinking about is I think I'm thinking about shallow breathing. And I don't know if that's what hyperventilation breathing is, but where, you know, the person just never really gets out of, they don't get below their diaphragm with the breath, and how anxious and panicky that can make us feel. Is that the, the same?
1: Yeah, so shallow breathing is inherently hyperventilating. When we spend our, most of us spend our days sitting down in front of a computer and we tend to breathe higher up in the chest. There's research showing that the minute we put our fingers on the keyboard, we move into hyperventilating patterns. We breathe shallow. and We breathe up in the upper chest. The upper chest is sympathetically innervated. It's for fight or flight. It's for walking upstairs and working out and, and tracking the lion that's coming towards us. The lower lungs are parasympathetic. So when we are, when we don't have a lot of metabolic output, we want to be breathing low, slow, and gentle in the body.
0: And most of us aren't. Just to interject, when you say when we don't have a lot of metabolic output, meaning if we're not doing something strenuous?
1: Yes. Yeah. So, right. So our breath wants to match metabolic output. And so we want a responsive dynamic breath, just like we want a responsive dynamic nervous system. But a lot of us get trapped in... In patterns that are rigid or chaotic, right? That, that's what trauma is, rigidity or chaos. And so we want a breath that can respond to what's happening around us. And most of the time in this modern day culture, we're sitting and probably like compressing and sitting on our own diaphragms, which also will limit its excursion which will then send us up into the higher chest breathing. So posture has a lot to do with it too. Sitting in a way where our diaphragms can actually be the beautiful, I just saw you sit up. Yeah. yeah the, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> the beautiful jellyfish that they are and expressing themselves in each breath. And then we, you know, we want the lower, We the, the, our abdomens are very contracted in this culture too, unless we are more, you know, in more of a collapse habitually, then there there tends to be more numbness and the belly spills forward. So we want to find a verticality that's dynamic and in relationship to gravity and yielding to the now, a spine and a diaphragm that yields to the now, so that our breath can similarly be in relationship relationship to our lives.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Like, instead of the breath being disconnected from what our body's needing and also what is happening and just operating based on the compression or the posture that we're in, it's responsive to what's happening, just like that makes sense.
1: Yes. And and oftentimes we're in stories that are really stressful. And that's gonna impact our breaths. And then that impacts everything. The breath is foundational. It informs our nervous system. And then our nervous system informs all of our organs. So we have this incredible mechanism to communicate to our nervous system. Breath, prosody, and touch are the three ways we can actually interact with our nervous system.
0: Can you say what prosody is for people who don't know?
1: Words, tone of voice, essentially compassion, kindness, gentle tones impact us because we are relational beings. We're mammals and we're impacted by quality of touch and quality of voice and quality of breath. And that's why I love breathing together because really I've come to the point in my career where I don't believe in self-regulation. I think it's all co-regulation, all of it, whether that's relationship to self, to mother earth, to dog in your room or a, a human. It's about relationship. So clear about that now my own healing and also my need for humans in healing and in my own you know i'm I'm, i find that i really need the accountability of showing up every day people are going to be there they're counting on me and my practice revolves around being fully available and present daily to breath and to the sangha to the sacred community
0: Running a group private practice has been a challenging and rewarding experience. And one thing that has made it so much easier is Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. If you're coming from another EHR, like I did, Therapy Notes makes the transition incredibly easy, importing your demographic data free of charge so you can get going right away. My team has found Therapy Notes very easy to learn, it's intuitive, the customer support is second to none. And that's one of the things that has kept me a Therapy Notes customer for several years now. Anytime I've needed to contact Therapy Notes for help with an issue I couldn't figure out on my own, I've been able to get through to someone and resolve the issue within 15 minutes, 99% of the time. Find out what more than 100,000 mental health professionals already know. Try Therapy Notes for two months, absolutely free. Just click on the link in the show notes or enter the promo code chat at therapynotes.com. Did you know that 47% of therapists struggling financially in private practice already have a full caseload of clients? It's not enough to simply start a private practice and fill up your caseload. You need to know how to run and sustain a profitable business. And the sooner you find out, the less mistakes you'll make on your journey. During the week of February 6, 2023, Kelly Higdon and Miranda Palmer of Zenimi are hosting free. 90-minute trainings on how to make $10,000 plus more profits per year and work 10 plus hours less per week in private practice separated by stage. And you're invited to join live. The stage-specific trainings are focused on the following. How creating an ethically sound, informed consent document can lead to over $10,000 more in profit in 2023. How understanding business expenses and taxes could increase your end of year profitability by over 30%. How little daily changes in habits and patterns could save you hours a week and reduce your liability. In short, they're going to talk specifics about what to change to work less in practice and make more money while getting better clinical outcomes. You can't beat that. Learn more about the trainings at the link in our show notes for Make More Profits and Work Less in Private Practice from Kelly Miranda of Zenimi. That's very beautiful and inspiring just to hear the way you speak about it. So I'm going to ask a heady question that others might be wondering about too with this daily morning breath practice. Is this a paid offering that you have?
1: It is. It's a paid offering. It's I have a sliding scale and I also have a BIPOC reparations rate that I offer and some scholarships as well. So can't afford it. Just reach out. I want
0: people just to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Now can you tell us about how do you use breath work? Because I know you're a trauma therapist. So how do you use breath work in your work with clients?
1: Yeah. So I, I call myself a breath hunter. Mm-hmm. we you know, in session, it's kind of the, the primary thing that I'm attuning to that and body language. And so I'm just look, the breath is communicating all the time. And when we're moving into material that's activating, I'm particularly attuned and I invite the client to be aware as well that people can move into breath holding patterns when we're coming into content that's hard and that doesn't mean it's bad breath holding has its place it's you know these are management strategies and I'm I'm not here to tell people to not do it I'm here just bring awareness so that we can use the the these strategies as portal into the material so yeah, I mean, I'm, I, when I say I'm a breath hunter, I'm particularly interested when we've done an arc of, of work moving through some energy that's hard for that recalibrating breath that comes in after people do discharge energy. There's this great video. You can Google it on YouTube. It's, it's polar bear not getting traumatized. And it's, there's some scientists that are in a helicopter and they're, they're shooting a dart gun, into the polar bear to you know tag him and care for him but he doesn't know that he sees this big monster in the sky and so he's running and running and they get they dart him and he passes out and they come down and do their stuff and then he starts to come out of the anesthesia and he's doing all the trembling that got thwarted when he went into shutdown and he's moved like he's basically running lying down as he's discharging all that fear that didn't get to discharge And then you see this gorgeous recalibrating full body breath come through. This massive breath. And that's when you know the nervous system is resetting. And so I'm just looking for those moments and orienting around them so that the client can feel the reset, feel the recalibration and the settling that comes with that. And then we stay there. We experience the freedom of the breath, the new breath that has emerged from the releasing of the energy that they got to move through.
0: Mm, that's awesome. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is something that past clients have sort of taught me, that, there's, that people can have almost like psychedelic experiences with breath. And I definitely, I know there are many, many different ways to get to healing, but I can, I've seen some people who really started doing breath work and it really shifted the way that they they were doing that on their own, but it shifted the way their therapy was going and their healing journey. And they were like, you know what, I'm good. I'm going to keep working with the breath work. But I think I'm good. And, <laughs> you know, that's, I, again, not something that we in the mental health field typically think of as an intervention, but it seems that people can have some powerful effects from that work.
1: 100%. Just dropping your rhythm and rate of breath from 10 to 12 breaths a minute, which is what typically is average, to five to six a minute can drop you into a different dimension. It's fascinating because many mantras and prayers are the rhythm of five to six counts. And when we take that into our physiology, we become the prayer. We become the peace. It's profound just by slowing down the breath. I get, I get emotional just thinking about how simple it is to, to drop into a different dimension through the breath. And you can do it instantly. Wow. Now, for folks who have a lot of hyperventilating patterns, it five, five counts, you know, five breaths a minute could be stressful for them. So it can take time to build into that place. And it's super important to go very, very slowly because there's material. There's material that put us into these hyperventilating patterns. And right. so we want to wade with just so much tenderness
0: into building capacity for the carbon dioxide for that, the hunger. Yeah. What is that? Is that the discomfort and the, the hunger for carbon dioxide that you mentioned? Is that like a feeling like you can't get your breath? Like, you know, I'm going to suffocate type feeling, or is it just like it's uncomfortable to hold your breath?
1: So in a regulated nervous system, we're breathing, you know, 10... Ten breaths a minute and about five to six liters of volume of air, and you know we're we're moving through life with some slowness and ease, unless of course we're walking upstairs or running from a lion. And there, we're punctuate that this is just naturally happens when we have a regulated breath. There are pauses at the bottom of the breath, uh-huh. and for hyperventilating folks who hyperventilate, those pauses go away. And it's those pauses that are central to our capacity to be oxygenated, to to, to to be to have life force in us. And so if you look at the if you look at the list of of you know what it feels like to to be anxious, it's also the list for hyperventilation. Also the list for not having the, the pause at the bottom of the breath of not being oxygenated. Wow. Yes. Yes. So we can get at these patterns of anxiety and overwhelm through breath, through changing patterns of breath slowly and with care. I want to be super clear. it's not, This is not an easy fix. Right. In part because it's so unconscious because we're doing it 22,000 times a day. 22,000 times.
0: Yeah. Almost 1,000 times an hour. Right. I hadn't thought of it that way. And I'd like to talk about, you said there's a lot of material. So you know, in my mind, the assumption that I have about what we're talking about is that we hold our breath, we breathe shallowly or hyperventilate, and we use naturally use our breath to regulate our bodies with unconsciously as a way to hold back, I guess you could say, manifestations of our trauma responses in the body. So, you know, if the body's Activated, the nervous system's activated breath keeps us from feeling that activation as much so we can keep going or we can run away or whatever needs to happen. Right. So I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit like what can happen for people, not as a cautionary tale, but just sort of like an understanding of the whole picture of if we're finding a different way to breathe, then it means we aren't going to be holding back those. Things that are trying to come to our awareness.
1: Yes, exactly. So, oh my gosh. So the the patterns, the the samskaras, as they're called in yogic philosophy, the conditioning, the neural pathways are mental. They're also physical. They're also energetic and emotional. And through the breath, we begin to unravel these, these knots, these grantis, they're called. And and as we do that, our stuff starts to come up. We disorganize to reorganize.
0: Uh-huh.
1: want to ensure that we have support so that we have then the capacity to begin to work through the threads that start to unbind from these knots slowly over time. And, you know, that's this this. This The breath work I teach is trauma-informed, and so we don't take police people places their systems can't go. And you'll know that because they'll have contraindications. You know, they might have a myriad of physical contraindications that say they shouldn't do any energizing breaths. Okay. So then we start with the the more balancing breaths, and over time, their system might then be able to start to tiptoe into and pendulate into these... More invigorating breaths, where we're exploring, you know, the, the the our our beautiful, what's the word I'm looking for? Our, our our sacred aggression that didn't get to express, and we get to organize it and and move it in a way that's with a lot of care, instead of just you know having people feel the threat response that they didn't get to feel. That's what I love about breath work it's that we can move into challenging material with play and with it being organized in a way that feels powerful so often trauma and helplessness are overcoupled so to to move into material with a sense of mastery and a sense of power can be just just healing in and of itself
0: yeah you are doing so many fascinating things and I'm really grateful that you're sharing what you do with so many people in different ways. Will you just tell our audience, as we wind down with this conversation, sort of how people can work with you, what kinds of things you, you have to offer?
1: Sure. So the best place to find me is probably on Facebook or Instagram, Alicia Barman. And A of Therapy is my business name. I also have a website and can find the different my different offerings through that, whether that be somatic psychotherapy or the daily breath work practice or the six month apprenticeship for people who want to learn how to how to use the breath
0: therapeutically. Will you say a little more about that real quick, just for listeners? Cause I'm sure some people are like, wait, I'm gonna do this in my practice.
1: Oh my goodness. I love it so much. So it's six months, it includes the daily breathwork practice. That's a vital part of it to show up and try these breaths on in your being so that then you can share them from a place of deep knowing. And then we meet for a webinar, all day webinar once a month where we explore the science of breathing, the biomechanics of breathing, the nervous system and the breath, grief and the breath, the therapeutic applications of the breath. And then we take a month, one Monday, a month right now, it's a Monday, but that could change for an hour and 75 minutes is a 75 minute process group where everybody is or guided. I guide folks into some breath work and a somatic practice, and then there's sharing. So there is a sense of community and sangha and our own work with the breath that, that, you know, walks alongside this more intellectual learning.
0: That's beautiful. And for people who might be interested in the apprenticeship, what's the, is it for Body workers, therapists. It's for it's for folks who have an active practice
1: supporting people in healing work. There, are, you can get CEUs if you're a licensed clinical professional counselor in Maryland and also a yoga therapist. There are
0: CEUs for that as well. Awesome, Alicia! Thank you so much for taking the time to be my guest on Therapy Chat today. I've loved talking with you.
1: I really appreciate you taking the time to listen and share my work. And I appreciate all you're offering our regional community as well through your work. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you to Therapy Notes for sponsoring this week's episode. I do love Therapy Notes. It's such an asset to my business and makes my job as a practice owner and a therapist much easier. Try it today with no strings attached to see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code chat at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving.